podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is part three of the conversation that I had with Mike, David, and Grad. Uh, This time we talk about the Nebraska game, uh, sandwiched around some conversation about the Oklahoma State game as well. So uh, without further ado, enjoy enjoy this segment of the podcast. All right, so, so we'll go ahead and jump into kind of the last four games of the regular season here. Obviously, these are all the kind of the big hitters. Um, we have the, the huge win against Nebraska, 76 to 39. Um, and, and Mike, I, I believe you still maintain that if they hadn't taken their foot off the gas at the end of the game, that they easily could have scored 100. Um, you know, I, I uh, let me interrupt you just real quick. I, I actually asked, and I'm not sure if the interview's been posted yet or not, as of the time of this of, of this of this podcast posting, but I actually asked Jake Sharp this Jake Sharp this question specifically, and he said something to the effect of, "Oh, I don't know, man." He's like Coach Mangino, the one team he wanted to beat more than any other team was Nebraska, and for whatever reason, and he said, "I don't think he took his gas off the, his foot off the gas pedal." He's like, "I think if he could have hung a hundred on him, he would have." However, even though Jake Sharp said that, I still think that if we had left the first stringers in that fourth quarter and if we had really, really tried, we could have got there. I Didn't we leave them in for the first series even in the fourth quarter? I, I remember watching it thinking, man, and Gino's really sticking it to these guys because I, I, I feel like we left them in through the first possession of the fourth the, quarter. The first drive. Always, yep. Yeah, when we had already put up about 50 points and thinking right. that, so, that he was maybe going to get accused of running up the score a little bit already at that point. Well, well but at, oh. at that point, it's been 40 years. Who cares? Like, suck it, Nebraska. You know? like <laughs> I, you, don't, you don't even care at that point. Like, run it up on him. Come on, man. But, right. yeah, he, he pulled the starters with about 12 minutes left, and he even put in the second-string defense, too. So. Yeah, I actually specifically remember this because because uh, I actually was uh, sitting in a hospital room with one of my kids, um, one of my young kids at the time, and was sitting there watching the beatdown that was happening. You know, and, and actually what ended up happening, I, I believe they were on offense towards the end of the third quarter, and the word coming down was that they were going to go ahead and pull starters once they got into the fourth quarter, and they just kind of let them finish out that series. I think there was only like yeah. four plays in the in, in the fourth quarter that the, all the starters were in there, and just because it was finishing out that that series that they had. So, um, but you know, even when they took the starters out, the backups were still scoring um, like crazy. So, I mean, it's not like you know it would have been a huge difference leaving the first teamers in there because the backups were still scoring. They weren't scoring quite as quickly, but they were still marching down the field like it was nothing. Um, so yeah, I'm not I'm not sure that they would have been able to score 100, but but to kind of jump into the rest of the games too, um, you know, we went down to Oklahoma State after that 143 to 28, uh, welcomed Iowa State into Memorial Stadium 145 to seven, and then of course the Missouri game uh, against the Tigers there in Arrowhead Stadium, arguably the the best game of the entire season. 
Um, had a, no, a number two in the BCS Kansas against the number three in the BCS Missouri. I believe it was they were ranked two and four respectively in the AP. That actually is the only time going into the game. I actually rewatched this game uh, last week for for some of the articles I was doing and, and actually one of the other podcast uh, interviews that I had done. And uh, you know they made mention of it that it was the first time that both Kansas and Missouri were ranked in the top ten in the AP poll. Um, that they had ever met when both of them were, were, were ranked in the top 10. And, and obviously, both of them being in the, in the top five made it just that much bigger. But that was definitely by far the most uh, important game or the, the best quality game that KU and Missouri had had in, in quite a long time, arguably ever. So let's, let's go ahead and grab those four as a whole. I know I'm, I'm sure people are going to want to talk about that, Nebraska game and then the Missouri game as well. Um, but before we jump into those, th- does anyone have any thoughts on the Oklahoma State or the Iowa State game, or are those kind of just filler for us? The Oklahoma State game was was one where you know again road game, Oklahoma State had a good offense. It was one of those where you know a lot of people were like, oh hold on, no, this could be the game Kansas loses. <laughs> um, and I remember too, I mean they had the uh, the main ESPN crew. Uh, do that game, you know, they had guys like, you know, Kurt Herbstreit was doing the color and, and all that. And, and so, um, was that a Thursday game, Thursday night game? or It was a night game, but it was Saturday. Yeah, yeah. It was Saturday, yeah. But yeah, I, me- I remember, you know, they had kind of like the primetime ESPN crew for it. And, and at the end of the game, um, you know, they asked Kurt Herbstreit, you know, okay, you had already put it away. So they're just kind of talking about bigger picture stuff. And they asked him, you know, so what do you think about Kansas? And he was like, they're legit. Like, I, I didn't know, you know, if they were or not. You know, again, the whole cream puff schedule thing was, it was stupid and overblown. I mean, let's just be real. Um, and probably just because there's so many Mizzou people in the media who were just, you know, perpetrating that all, all season, like Pat Forty. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, there was, uh, you know, it, it was one of those games where, you know, you look back on it now and you're like, yeah, I mean, Oklahoma State wasn't that good. I think they were kind of like around a six and six type of team or whatever. But, you know, there was a little bit of a, you know, since it was kind of the national game, there was there was a bit more hype for it. You know, people talking about it on ESPN got got the main crew. And I mean, you know, you look at back on it now and it's like Kansas playing Oklahoma State and not a good Oklahoma State game, and that was, you know, the primetime game of the week. I mean, it kind of showed you at, at that point, you're like, wow, you know, KU's the primetime game on ESPN. I don't have to go to some weird, like, you know, directional channel to, to watch it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it, at that point, you know, just kind of the series of games, you know, you, it was just – it was starting to get surreal, you know. You just were really starting to just kind of take it all in. You're like, man, ESPN, primetime, we're undefeated, you know, just – it was kind of like pinch me <laughs> at that point. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the other thing that's kind of important to remember is that there had been so many upsets, so many teams that had been, you know, top one or two in the BCS at that point or, you know, top five in the AP that had just suffered, like, unbelievable upsets. Just like, where is this coming from? That a, a Kansas team that was brand new to the top five was a, a a very I guess a good bet as a potential upset for the week. Um, so you know it was a big story because it was their first time being that high and being that prominent. 
Um, but also there was a really good chance, you know, there was still a lot of people that weren't sold on that Kansas team. And so there was a good chance, oh, well, this could be where, we, you know, we kind of have some, some correction in the world of college football um, in, you know, but also kind of have the story of, oh, well, this is a huge upset because Kansas is supposed to be so much better than Oklahoma State this year. So I think that kind of helped them to get on prime time. Um, or to kind of be featured a lot more than they than they probably would have been at the beginning of the year. Um, the, the the entire year as a whole kind of helped with that because there was just so much, frankly, insane stuff happening in the world of college football that year that, you know, of course, Kansas being the primetime game and potentially going down somewhere where they could get, you know, upset um, would be a big story. So. I don't remember what the schedule looked like that week, I'm, and maybe this was the best game on it. I don't know. But I think probably what ESPN was going for was, do you guys remember Adarius Bowman? Uh, in 2006, he's the guy that had 300 receiving yards against us in Lawrence. And, yep. so, and so this year he's matched up against Aqib Tlaib. Uh, again, maybe? I don't know if Tlaib was on him in Lawrence or not in 2006. But here in 07, it's it's billed as a keep to lead versus a Darius Bowman, and but Bowman gets hurt in the first half and then just gets shut down in the second half, probably partially due to his injury. And I think he finished with like 22 yards on four catches or like something, some just terrible numbers. And I think maybe that that's what they were looking for was for some, you know, Oklahoma State's got this offense, maybe they can, maybe they can keep up with Kansas. But you know, once he went down. Like, you had to have felt really good about Katie's chances of getting out of there with a win. Yeah, yeah I think the, the year before – Oh, sorry. Uh, I was just going to say, don't, don't quote me on this, but I think Tlaib may have been suspended for that Oklahoma State game the year before. I'm not sure, but I, I seem to remember us having to put, like, Kendrick Harper on him in 2006. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I, I, I'm pretty I, – I don't, I don't remember Tlaib either, A, playing – or B, um, I'm pretty sure when Bowman had that 300-yard game against us, he wasn't even Oklahoma State's top receiver. Isn't that back when they right, had that? Uh, right. Uh, who's the guy on the Cowboys? Um, the not. Um, I think that was before Des Bryant. Yeah, that was before. Oh, was it? Um, or so it wasn't Bryant. It was, they had, they had someone else though who who was who was better because I remember like people were like, who's the Darius Bowman? <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, so I think it was if Tlaib had been playing, um, I don't think he was matched on that. I think, I, I, yeah, I remember, and he could have been suspended, but I remember with Bowman, he was going against. I think it was like Anthony Webb or, or someone like that, and you were just, yeah. I mean, just, just torching him, and you were just like, good God Almighty! And they were, yeah, but it was one of those things where Oklahoma State had, you know, supposedly better receivers. So I think you know we kept kind of single teaming him, and obviously we found out that didn't work all right so i guess now we can kind of talk about the uh the two big ones in that grouping uh let's let's start with the nebraska game i mean we we kind of touched on it a little bit already but you know was there any was there any particular play from there that kind of jumped out as a you know like an, an amazing feat of athleticism or anything like that that just kind of stuck out um obviously there was so much scoring um in that game that is kind of hard, I think, to pick out one. But was, was, was there anything that just kind of stuck with any of you guys? Well, Brandon McAnderson, uh, didn't he set the uh, single-game touchdown record or something like that in that one? He t- in Nebraska, he tied 
the school record for t- rushing touchdowns in a game, which I can pull out. There, there's like six guys that have four rushing touchdowns in a game. Yeah, four. I, I was thinking he had put up five or maybe even six. Yeah, four, I guess, isn't uh, well, um, now that I'm looking at it. Tottery thing had threw for six touchdowns, though, so maybe that's what I'm thinking. And that, that was a school, yeah, that's an individual school record that obviously still stands. Okay, that that must be what I was thinking. For some reason, I was thinking that Anderson had 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 an individual one for a non-quarterback because he had caught one too. But I'm probably thinking about the uh, the quarterback's record there. So, but yeah, I mean, they were just you know they completely bludgeoned Nebraska. I mean, it was <laughs> it was absolutely ridiculous. I'm not really sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not really sure what else there is to say about that one, though. It's not like, you know, the defense gave up 39 points, but if I remember right, the first-string defense was actually out after the half, like almost immediately after the half, and we were rotating guys in and kind of giving everyone a chance. Um, at that point, I don't think they were really necessarily too motivated to, uh, you know, keep up the the shutout or the, the, the close to shutout at that point, since Nebraska had already kind of scored a little bit there. Um, and we were ahead, I think at one point we were ahead by over 50 points. So it was just kind of a, a ridiculous day for everyone. Yeah, well, well, I actually jumped out to a lead, 14-7 to right. in that one before uh, KU kind of turned on the gas. I think they got I think they got four or five turnovers in that game. I think that really is when they started to, to separate. Yep, five turnovers, and David had nailed it. Um, you know, it, it was ugly in the first half. Don't get me wrong, but Kansas really pulled away in the second half because Nebraska just kept throwing the ball, and they kept throwing the ball to Kansas. So that did not turn out very well for them. They didn't they didn't stop throwing the ball until their last possession when they ran it ten times or something and got a meaningless touchdown towards the end. But uh, but yeah, Brandon McAnderson four rushing touchdowns. He ties the single game touchdown rushing touchdown record with Charlie Black, Curtis McClinton, Jim Henley. And then later on, Jake Sharp would tie that next year against K-State in 2008, and James Sims would do the same thing in 2010 against Colorado. Yeah, that was one of those games where, you know, it, the, the funny thing is, is, you know, Kansas was not the only team to hang 70-plus points against Bill Callahan. <laughs> right. Like, uh, I think Tech put up 80. They, no, they, no, they, no, just 70, just 70. 76, that's still – 76 is yeah. still a, a so, school record for Nebraska. I was thinking yeah, that could even gone to 80, but maybe maybe I'm thinking of somebody else. Yeah, so, I mean, it was one of those things. And, and, and not only that, the year before, KU put up 40 points against Nebraska in three quarters. We didn't score in the first quarter. In fact, Adam Barman didn't throw up – didn't have a passing yard in the first quarter at all. And he finished with like 403 yards passing right. that day. And yep. KU, you know, went to. So we knew that Nebraska's defense was really freaking bad. Like, re, like Adam Barman was torching them, you know, the year before. And God bless Adam Barman, but, you know, he wasn't torching anyone else. And, you know, I, I think we've got our podcast episode name, by the way God bless Adam Barman. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you know, it was one of it was one of those things. It was funny because going into it, I was like, Bill Callahan's already fired. I mean, the guy the, the guy was a lame duck coach. You know, Joe Gans was like, you know, decent. They had a little, a few pieces on offense. You know, Gans was a decent quarterback. They'd scored on some teams. 
Um, you know, the defense was a train wreck. You knew Callahan was getting fired. You know, going into it, I was like, man, you know, we, I this 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 shouldn't be that difficult. I think we could win pretty comfortably. And then the game starts, and all of a sudden, you know, we're down like fourteen seven, and I'm like, uh, it, like, and I was like, is this it? You know, like, <laughs> is this gonna be it? We're, we're gonna we're gonna lose at home, crap Nebraska team. You know, fitting, especially because this is like the one game I wasn't worried about. And then, you know, obviously they just kind of started steamrolling them. But it was it was it was funny though because, you know, a lot of people are like, oh my god, you know, they they cream Nebraska and it's so historic. And you know, anytime you score seventy six points against the team, I mean, that's great and and stuff. But you know, it wasn't quite as significant to me because two years earlier they beat Nebraska forty to fifteen. And that was the game that had ended, you know, the what was it, like 34-year losing streak or whatever it was. 36. Um, but it was close 36. late. We didn't break. We didn't break that open until the fourth quarter. Yeah, we're right. Yeah. Big, 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 the kind of. Yeah. But I mean, that was kind of, the, you know, kind of they, they finally got rid of the, you know, the, the losing streak against Nebraska demon. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it was it was one of those games where, and actually, I, I don't remember. You know, I, I hadn't remembered the game that well, probably since I'd been drinking beforehand. Um, but I actually went back and watched that game uh, a couple of years ago when I was bored. I think I was doing a, a post on the on the website, and it's just it's crazy to watch because it's almost like you're watching a practice. I mean, really, like the, the way the offense is, is rolling, it's just you know, it, it's one of the things where it's like you know, there weren't. Any, I don't even think there were a ton of really big plays. For KU, it was just a lot of like, you know, 10 yards, 15 yards, 10 yards, 5 yards, 20 yards, 10 yards, touch. You know what I mean? Just like over and over. Just, right. No, that's exactly know. right. Yeah. And so it, it, you, know, you think with a score like that, you're like, oh, my God, there there must have been like, you know, a fumble return and a punt return and a couple of pick sixes. But it, it really just was the offense just, you know, putting on a clinic. I mean, you, you watch like the run plays and there were times where McAnderson had a couple like 10 yard touchdowns where he wasn't touched. There's no way within five yards of him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he would get the ball and literally just like walk into the end zone. Um, so yeah, it was funny. I mean, my, my lasting memory of that game, honestly, um, being really close to, you know, in the student section, so we were behind the Nebraska players is, I mean, the entire second half, Bill Callahan just stood there. He didn't talk. He didn't have his headset on. He didn't talk to any players. He, he did that for most of his career in Nebraska, actually. Yeah, but, I mean, he, he – I mean, that game, I mean, you could kind of, you know, the, the angle of that, too, I, I was kind of – I think it was on, like, right in the outskirts of the student section, so it kind of had an angle to him. And, I mean, the dude literally just, like, was a statue. I mean, he just, <laughs> just stood there. And that had been the, the longest half, I mean, of his life. And, of course, we started chanting, you know, like, type your resume and things like that. Of him. So I, was, I, was, I was proud of that. That was probably the most creative thing I came up with at KU, like, as a college student. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was it was one of those games you look back on it, like that game, some of the non-con games, the Baylor game, the Iowa State game, where – it was a little more fun because, I mean, beating Nebraska like that is, is going to be more fun than beating Iowa State or Baylor. But, you know, you just look back at some of those games and it's like, man, like, I can't believe we used to just show up at Memorial and watch us just roll Big 12 teams. I mean, not even, you know, win completely. I mean, we're talking roll. So, I mean, just, you know, testament right there is a special season when you, you know, pull into Memorial on a nice sunny Saturday and, 
watch your team hang 76 points on a team that it was one in 36, you know, in their last 37 games. Yeah. And to your point about it looking like a practice, I'm just looking at the, the drive chart here. And, and keep in mind, this is before the Oregon Baylor style hurry up offenses where, where teams were, you know, uh, running off the play every 12 seconds. This is, this preceded that era by a few years. Um, but the, the, their first scoring drive, seven plays, 68 yards, two minutes, 19 seconds. Then six plays, 50 yards, a minute and a half. Five plays, 62 yards, a minute and a half. Ten plays, 74 yards, four minutes and 20 seconds. That was actually their longest scoring drive was four minutes and 26 seconds. So they score 11 touchdowns in that game, and at no point did they even have the ball for five straight minutes. Uh, and you got a number of touchdown drives that only took a minute to a minute and a half off the clock. It was just like the it was it was like there was no resistance whatsoever. It was just such a bloodbath. It was incredible. Yeah, and I think that was kind of par for the course for Nebraska at that point, though. I mean, you look at, was, at their yeah. losses. They lost. Uh, they gave up 49 points to to, to USC at home um, earlier in the year when they were ranked still. They gave up 41 to Missouri at home. I'm sorry, that was at Missouri, but they lost that one 41 to six. They gave up 45 to Oklahoma State at home. They gave up 36 to Texas A&M at home. Lost both those games. Um, you know, they they only gave up 28 points to Texas um, down at down at Texas. Lost that game still. Obviously, our 76. But just two weeks after. Um, our game, you know, at Colorado, they gave up 65 points, lost that game 65 to 51. I mean, this, this team was giving up points like crazy. And, and the week after our, our game, they then turn around and scored 73 points on K-State, um, but about 31 still. So, I mean, that, that defense was giving up points left and right. Which was hilarious, by the way. I just want to point that out. That was hilarious, by the way. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, even, even earlier in the year, playing Ball State, you know, they barely won that game against Ball State 41. to. They barely beat Wake Forest, too. Yes, bar- uh, yes, 20-17 uh, on that one. So, at least, you know, the defense was playing better at that point. But, I mean, yeah, just the fact that that team was giving up points left and right the entire year, and we just happened, you know, to hang, uh, you know, 70, 76 points on them, kind of just put the icing on the cake, especially given the fact that, you know, you know, they, they turn around and still were giving up tons of points after that. So. And that'll finish up for this segment of the podcast. Make sure you join us next time as we finish up our talk in Nebraska and, and jump into the Missouri game and, and everything that came with it. Podcast Network.